Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm Bradley. I'm Ollie. And I'm Jack. And we are the Botchpot. Right, before we start our podcast today, I've got to quickly ask these guys because um, they actually arrived at about 9 o'clock um, and the train they were supposed to get to my house, this being the first podcast we've ever done in the same room on one microphone that I purchased myself at my house. These guys were late by about an hour or so to my house, which is not acceptable really because we should have done the podcast, then fucked about, then gone to sleep. Um, but what's happened is we spent an hour and a half after he sh- they should have arrived preparing and then doing the podcast. So how were you guys actually late? Well, today was going to be a very, very long and very annoying day as it was. It'd be very fun because we'd be recording this, yellow. Yeah. but I'd gotten up at work at 7 o'clock, left work at 1 to take my girlfriend to the hospital, gotten back, gone to ba- gone back to work. Blah blah blah. From work, I then finished at six. Six p.m. Six p.m. To then get a train with Oliver um, at seven o six p.m. So I had to rush from work to my girlfriend's, pack away and pick up all of my stuff for this podcast, and from there, which is about a mile, to the train station, I had twenty minutes. And in that time, I had to contact Oliver, which I couldn't do until I reached the train station. Well, I basically took an afternoon nap. So I was kind of like, oh, what's going on? I'm receiving a call from someone. Oh, it's Brad. And said, hey, Brad, what's going on? Oh, you need to get on the train. It was The train station was only around the corner from where I live. You get to the train station. I get to the train station and realise that the train was delayed for 50 minutes. Fifty-five-zero. Yes. And it appears that it was delayed for that long because of disruptive passengers, which could only mean that someone on the train murdered someone (laughs) or the train was being hijacked. Yes, there was blood all over mine and Oliver's seats. Or there were chams on the train having fights and throwing bottles at each other causing the delay. You guys said there were police on the train? There were, I counted three, uh, I read what it's on the back, uh, transport officers. They were police though, they had massive police on the back. Right. And as they were gathering statements from people who were just really fed up with what all the jobs were doing and what they were causing in the train, Yeah. Um, I just quickly asked the police officer very kindly to just give us some juicy information to <laughs> talk about eventually in the podcast and he just basically said that they were just throwing bottles and being a complete nuisance to everyone bit of research for the podcast well yeah. done yeah aside like from a, this like though, a real journalist yeah. oh yes the the story does go on though so we're finally on the train we're getting to westbury we're here we're at westbury we're still on the train Okay, time to get out. We're stood still now for about three minutes. Can't open the door. I'm pushing the open the button door, which needs to be green to open, by the way. And so I'm pressing it and pressing it, and all of these chavs, yobbos... Well, commentating over youth, youth that are very, very... Troublesome. Troublesome. Now, to troublesome translate youth. that to international listeners... Um, in America, you would call them wiggers or just white trash. 
which would be the general term, or in Australia you would call them bogans, which is the phrase. I don't know if uh, wigger is kind of a racist term. No, wiggers is like um, white people acting black. Oh, okay. Which is similar. That's almost like how chavs in the UK behave. We'd like to apologise to anyone that is. We'd also like to ask them to please stop being absolute chavs. Bogans like, or wiggers. Anyway, these these guys were commentating over you trying to press the button to get off the train. Yes, they were saying, oh, go on, push the button. Push the button, mate. Oh, look, you tried to punch the button at one point. <laughs> yes, I, I got so angry at it that I hit the button. Nothing still happened. And then finally it lit up. The lights in my eyes were glistening. Push the button and me and Oliver pretty much force walked. Uh, halfway towards a Joker impression there. Now, so, just to add to that, we frantically did it. We fr- yeah, we did, because we, we actually wanted to get out of that hellhole as soon as possible, because it looked like they were going to kick off and continue what they were doing before we got on the train, which was, you know, whatever trouble they got into. As soon as we were out the station, there was a police officer with one of the members of staff of the train station walking towards the people that had just gotten off the train. I'm glad me and Oliver got off the train when we did, otherwise we probably wouldn't be here right now for yeah. this podcast. I can just say that's typical, because this is actually the first podcast we've obviously done in the same room at my house, and I've never had a single issue apart from a few delays on the trains before getting home to Westbury. However, the first time these two guys have tried to come to my house, there's been issues, the train was late, there were issues with chavs on the train, and then obviously there were police at the, police at the scene. Troubles with the doors. Troubles with the doors, but that was just because they weren't opening. Um, and usually, when you get a train at about this time, they usually add a couple of carts actually onto the train. Like, they're connecting to another couple of carriages. There were only two carriages, by the way. Two carriages full of about... Both! Both of them were filled, filled with chairs. And we, we can only tell because of the Adidas um, tracksuits. <laughs> Adidas tracksuits. A couple of them, like, rolling up some cigarettes. Nike. A um, couple of them um, opening... Cans of beer, it was just really oh, cool. hectic, and a lot of them were just shouting their asses off. Anyway, you guys are here now, we're fine, you guys weren't hurt at all. Um, let's go on to a few uh, subjects that we've actually come up with. Um, the first being, what is the latest video on YouTube or any video streaming site that you've watched? What is the most interesting, What what is the newest and latest video that you guys have watched? Well, the one that's... <coughs> sparking a lot of people's interests and it's becoming viral um, is the video that Ryan Reynolds did with the um, Mario Lopez who was on the show called Saved by the Bell which a lot of 90s kids will remember um, he played Slater I think or something along those lines and it looked like he was just doing this press sort of talk or like a news talk but then it sort of turned out to be a skit because he was kind of like interrupting him and saying, talking about how the Deadpool movie would be great as a PG-13 movie, but Ryan Reynolds was kind of just like, ah, but the thing is we're trying to stick to the comics and, you know, and stick into the, the nature of the character, which is to be R-rated. We... And, and then Deadpool just arrives in the studio and just <clears throat> thwacks him. Absolutely twats him with a stage light. 
we and we're hit... talking about the big stage lights with the flaps on the sides. Yeah. Like completely annihilating. And what? then Deadpool confirms that it's R-rated, and then everyone just... April Fool's! It's not PG-13, it's actually going to be R-rated. Which is, is great, because Deadpool, awesome. like, anything apart from R-rated wouldn't really suit in this country being, I'm assuming, 18? Yes, in the UK we have a different rating system. We go for... It's different. We have... There's the ESRB, which is actually universal, which I found out recently. Oh, okay. And then there's the UK film... It's slightly different. We have Universal, we have PG, Parental Guidance, yep. and then we have 12, yep. which is 12 or 12A. 12A being 12 or with an adult, so 12, you have to be 12 or older. 12A, you have to be 12 or at least with an adult. So 12A is actually a little bit closer to PG than 12, but then it goes up to 15. Yes, it's 15 and then it's 18. F 15 would be the mid-range. That's where you get violence without sex. You you wouldn't wear Or at least very content. mild sexual themes. Yes. I you think get it's a just lot... in between the two, though. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think yeah. the emphasis on 15 is mild. Yes, mild very violence, mild. Mild sex, mild language, mild this, that, and the other. Mild then 18 is full-on like sex scenes, drugs, alcohol, swearing, violent blood. And things like that, you obviously know what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, that was an April Fool's, and it's not going to be um, PG-13 or whatever. It's Which we did expect from Fox, because that's the only way a film studio could attract so many people, is to make a film PG-13. Yeah. But with the Deadpool IP, they, they released a video game not that long ago, and there was a lot of hype for it in it. It wasn't the best of games. It was a hack and slash. It was very interesting. I liked the Deadpool mechanic. I've never played the Deadpool game myself. <clears throat> I, because I'm already interested in the character, I didn't really think much of the video game. I didn't think it was going to be a success, and obviously it kind of wasn't. It was, wasn't really critically acclaimed as being one of the better games, okay. but... I only watched the like a let's play of it which, okay. because I wanted to know what someone's reaction would be to the character if yeah. they were newly introduced. What what game was it that recently? Um, I can't remember if it was recently come out at all or um, or if it was a while ago. But Deadpool was in a game where if you did a certain move with him, he actually pulled down the health bar and smacked someone else with it. Can't remember what it was. The only game he's featured in that I recall is. Marvel vs. Capcom. That yeah. may be what think, it is. I think that was the one where it's he actually one. he would actually pull down like the health bar and could because Deadpool in the character actually knows he's in a comic book. He That's breaks, like a superpower for some He reason. breaks the fourth yeah. wall a lot. As I mean, even in cartoons, I like him a lot in cartoons. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his portrayal is very very good. Which yeah. brings me to my to our next subject. Favorite childhood cartoons, which I brought up because in our childhood, we we are so exposed to the TV more than we are to other activities like yeah. going outside, which is non-existent. As in my we, world. as as we were, we were all born in either nineteen ninety five or six, we were born in the nineties, but we matured in the early two thousands. So some of the themes from the nineteen nineties stuck with us, but then. Other things that were more recent, such as not going outside and just playing video games, 
which has become more of a nerdy thing recently, um, as compared to the 1990s being more, um, internet was very early, people still went outside, actually interacted with each other, so we sort of have elements of... There was more human contact in the 90s than there is now. Yeah. In the 90s, if you wanted to play D&D, you'd play it in the same room. Yes, you weren't going outside, but someone was going outside to see you. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, everybody's in their own room it's on just, the internet. It's just online. Yeah. However, something that did translate from the 90s to us as about 18-year-olds now are cartoons. And some of the 90s cartoons that were really popular in the 90s... We still... Such as Dragon Ball Z, which is my favourite, have come over to us, and we watch them as small children, and uh, some of them that the younger younger fans may not have heard of, but guys who, who were around in the 90s were anime fans and or people who were of similar age of us, um, as us, sorry, uh, might be interested in, such as... I think Toonami at the time, it came out in the 90s, Toonami, and that was when everyone was so interested in anime and it became more mainstream. Yeah, like, um... Western Dra- Dragon Ball Z, um... What are a few others? I think Bleach, was wasn't it? Beyblade. Beyblade was definitely something that came out when we were very small. It was very, very popular as well, because I... I loved Beyblade. I yeah. absolutely loved it. And I collected all of... as many as I could in the... Fa- the best one to have was Kyle, as he had the metal bit at the bottom which you could yeah. use on any surface. Yeah, the kids were about the age of 17 to about 21. Mm-hmm. When you were at, at primary school, first school, when you were about 6, 7, 8 years old, you would have heard of Beyblade, which is also a TV show. Um, I watched a few episodes of it, but I was really just into more playing Beyblade, Beyblades with my friends. Yeah. Um, like, you go to jumbo sales and get, like, little bits, and then you construct your own, and it would be cool, and you'd you beat could... all your friends, and there was these classic little domes that you would do. And you'd mix and match, and it'd be loads of different things, but that's just spurred from one of the more famous, uh, comic, uh, not comic book, um, anime. more famous animes to product, or... Technically, it's product to animated product, which is... To be honest, if we had to really introduce what Beyblade was, it's just a cooler version of a spinning top. Yeah, it's yeah. basically just spinning top yeah. with a cool anime on the side, and which made it cool. Which it had cool, little yeah. little icons of, like, little monsters. Bit monsters. And then but talking about animes... Um, which it, Beyblade, as it is, is, is a follow-on from... Another very famous anime series, which is based on a video game which by is... Nintendo, which is called. I'm not ugly. <laughs> what? Pokemon. Yes. Oh, that Pokemon. would only make sense. Yeah. It would only make sense. It was Pokemon. Pokemon is based on the video game Pokemon. The the and game. Then the TV series came out, and then the cards were based on the TV series. Right. The cards, which we get a lot of disrespect from people who grew up before us like the night the early 90s kids and the 80s kids and they they only see the pokemon training card as like uh the training card game as like a magic the gathering ripoff okay Which, like to me gives me the sense of like a oh that makes sense because well, they know, grew because up in a different time i actually heard of pokemon before magic the gathering i remember yeah, being lot, in, um, i remember being into pokemon and then seeing some of the early advertisements for like, this kid sitting in his house, and then suddenly Magic the Gathering, like, comes into his life. And, um, in the trailers for, like, Magic the Gathering, the Pokemon was already 
already a thing. And then Magic the Gathering was sort of coming in as a separate thing later on, after we've already gotten into Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing, apart from Pokemon, that was popular in school, is obviously Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah, it was first Pokemon, and then it moved on to Yu-Gi-Oh. And to me, as a child, Yu-Gi-Oh made a little bit more sense. Whereas yeah. Pokemon, you had the Pokemon cards. But in the TV series, you had Pokeballs, and in the game, you had Pokeballs. Whereas in Yu-Gi-Oh, you had the cards, and you battled with the cards, and the cards... I never battled. I was the only kid. Uh, yeah, neither did I. I, I think never battled. all the kids in my school did not actually use One of the few the people that I know that has battled is right here with us, Mr. Jack A. Well, I never... I never battled with Pokemon cards, but Yu-Gi-Oh! I definitely got into. Um, I still have a few Yu-Gi-Oh! cards today, but back in primary school I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh! cards a lot. Um, obviously with my friends and stuff, and you would trade cards, and you would play them, and you had these mats that you would get with particular decks. And um, obviously alongside Yu-Gi-Oh! you would get all the merchandise, and obviously there was the anime series. Um, yeah. The original Yu-Gi-Oh! anime series, obviously there was... Jewel Monsters before Yu-Gi-Oh, but it really got popular when the actual Yu-Gi-Oh series came out with Yugi and Joey and Taya, and obviously there was the Exodia cards and all of these rare cool cards that you wanted to get as a kid, and um, a few a few kids who had parents who had fair bits of money managed to get the cards like Dark Magician and um, Blue Eyes White Dragon, but the, the the us kids who didn't really have all that much money. And could get maybe a booster pack a week. Had some of the lesser known cards, but would every now and again in booster packs get a, like quite a rare card. I think the rarest card, Jack may need to clarify or help me with this. I I went to Mallorca, it was the first time I'd ever been abroad, ever been in an aeroplane, and I bought Yu Gi Oh cards because they were very big at the time. And I bought a card that I didn't realise it was a. The foreign version of it, and in the UK, the card that I had, I, well, I had two very rare cards that were in the UK. I had Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon, and I also had a card, it was like a That's massive... the three-headed one, right? Yeah. Because the yeah. ultimate one's Blue the Eyes three-headed White, one. Um, which was... Blue Eyes White Dragon. If you had a polymerization card, you could fuse three Blue Eyes White Dragons. Getting one was rare enough, but getting three was amazing. And then if you had the polymerization card, you could fuse them into the Blue Eyes White Dragon, which was a freaking rare as sugar <laughs> fusion card that was really this powerful. This family show. Yeah. And when we were kids, that was like, apart from Exodia, that was the absolute best card you could get. I had that, and I also had, it looked like a Titan, but in the UK you had to have both arms, both legs, the body and the head. The legendary Exodia. Yeah, I had that in a single card. That is what I had. I had two of the rarest cards in the UK, and that was all in one tin. Funny, because I only had the Japanese versions, because, yeah, because they were so rare, I had to actually go to like one of those market stores, and they would have like the most rarest cards, but the Japanese versions... And I would yeah, get those. it's just the only thing is the whole set. I Exodia. don't think they ever actually brought out an official Exodia card. So I think maybe the Exodia you got wasn't quite real. Yeah, I think it may have you been. Were in I Spain think, after possibly, I think all. you yeah. may have got a counterfeit Exodia there. Yeah. Possibly, <laughs> I did use both. I gave my Blue Eyes Ultimate 
white dragon I think it was to somebody yeah there's no easy way to do this but our next topic is what is your favorite paradox my favorite paradox and I think Jack may be angry at this my favorite paradox is the John Connor paradox right. where he sends Carl Reese back in time who has set who is told to protect Sarah Connor who then has sex with Sarah Connor who makes her pregnant with John Connor which is the paradox so it's just a loop and it's one of my favourite ones of all time. Fictional one. Is, it, yeah, it never ends. But this new film that's coming out now... Terminated Genesis. Which Terminated is spelled Genesis. wrong. It is spelled with wrong. With a Y. I don't yeah, know why they put a Y in there. I'm looking forward to it greatly, and I believe Jack and Oliver may be too. Jack more than Oliver. Uh, I'm, I'm quite excited because Matt Smith, the Doctor Who, is in it. And I'm mm. quite a bit of a Doctor Who fan. Well, yeah. the guy from Dawn of the Planet Apes, isn't it? He's... Top yeah. actor Jason Clark, and he plays John Connor. Yeah, right. there, there are a lot of good people in it, but it's including obviously Arnie and our our, want, our Khaleesi want... from Game of Thrones is playing um, Sarah Connor, right? That's the, it. The woman yeah. who plays Khaleesi. The Khaleesi. Wow. Yeah. Do you not know that? I'm Amelia Clark. Know. I'm very look, much looking forward to how they sort out the paradox, how they make it how they work around it and how they change it completely yeah as it completely cuts off it's as if it's a new section of the map that we've never seen before yeah i think i saw a trailer for it and it sort of went it followed the original movie up to a point and then sarah connor crashes with a truck through into the clothes store it says come with me if you want to live that is a that follows the second film I ah. don't know how, because the T-1000 in it, which is played by Bruce Lee. Was that the second film where he was that, in the, the second shop? one, The second one was... No, he was I, in, I think it was he, the first one where he was in the first one he was shop. in the clothes shop, but it's the T-1000, which is from the second film. Right. And he starts out in the first one and goes to the clothes store where he's chased by a police officer. Yeah. Which just so happens to be... The Terminator. The T-1000. T-1000. It's definitely a film I'd check out, but first I would definitely suggest watching 1, 2, 3. Not, well... Not necessarily not the fourth necessarily. one. Yeah. Salvation. Salvation. Salvation, yeah. Salvation is alright. It's a good film, kind of, but it's 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. But does it count as continuity is what I want to know. Because I haven't watched it yet, but I feel like I want to watch it you, just for continuity purposes. Yeah, Genesis, you want to watch 1, 2, and 3 for continuity purposes. But not it's, Salvation. Yeah, I think... Salvation, you won't get anything... I think Genesis okay. is for the Terminator fans who have watched all of them. Yeah, Makes it's sense. built for... It, it's what 4 should have been. Like, if obviously you can watch it if you haven't watched the old ones. But if you have watched the old, one, old ones, it's got more meaning because it follows... The original movies through to a certain point and then changes it um obviously there are there will be a few bits that will reference the old movies but then there are overall you could watch it without watching them all and it would still be a great movie i mean originally the terminator was the, the t-800 was the first terminator he was a bad guy in this film it's very it looks very good i don't want to give too much away the but the T-1000 is in it, which was 
the second film, one of the Terminator 2, Judgment Day, which is one of the best films, the best sequels of all time. From a non-fan, um, like a fan that's not technically a fan, but loves the films. Yeah. Yeah. I still think it's, yeah, it's a brilliant film, like, in itself, like, on its own, it's a fantastic film, like, action-wise and yeah. script. Yeah. Okay, that was my favourite paradox. Uh, what is your favourite paradox, Jack? Um, to be honest, I can't really think of any. I think no? the the Terminator Terminator thing is is it's not so much a paradox than a time loop. Um, paradoxes. Which it which is. Well, they are all kind paradox. of paradoxes that you could you could create by buggering around with time. Yeah. Um, talking about buggering around with time and creating paradoxes. Currently, the year is twenty fifteen. Which, for fans of the Back to the Future series, will know is the year that Back to the Future 2 was set in. Bradley will know more. Yes, we are all in flying cars. We're flying cars. We've got 80s-style futuristic gizmos. Hoverboards. We've got hoverboards. We wear silver helmets. We wear silver helmets. Self-tying laces. We we have baseball bats that raise themselves. We have soundboards built into our bodies. We have fifties diners that are look futuristic. Look futuristic. <laughs> so they're fifties diners and they look futuristic. Yeah. It's a yeah. slight contradiction there. What's kinda of cool is That's that you cool have to know. actually invented a hoverboard. Yeah. But I've read about this recently. It uses four mag- uh, electromagnets to create a field around a metal sheet on the floor. Basically, they've got a metal floor that this thing will hover on. Obviously, you can't control direction because it's it kind of just it re- repels against the floor, so you can float basically. And there's no real way yet of controlling they're work- this. They're working on it though. They do technically have a, a, a skateboard that will hover, and that's pretty much it. Um, there's no real self-tying laces or anything like that. I don't know if they're going to be that later in the year or... Actually, Nike actually made those. For the film, they made self-tying shoes. And oh, it's okay. absolutely brilliant. Apart from hoverboards and them making them for the movie, there isn't really too much else that we've really accomplished um i don't know if they'll specifically try and seek anything out for the back to the future or if they'll do any back to the future specials or anything i guess the whole multi-screen thing is kind of true i mean if you tv glasses we kind of have that here and there but with the multi-screen on a computer you've got multiple screens up at all times i mean you can have five screens and you're all doing something for example, I'm a big fan of Rooster Teeth, and they talk about a lot in their podcast about random stuff. And one of them was that a employee, I'm going to kick myself not knowing which one, has nine screens all at the same time. And he's always looking at something. But other than that, I don't know what else. Okay. But we're talking about other things that have happened recently, instead of things that may or may not happen and back to the future things that should happen which technically happens in the past but was about the future yeah, yeah but we're now in it's the about future. the present now and it's 2015 and things that have happened recently quite recently um let's see the the elder scrolls 
um, game series I'm a big fan of. I haven't actually played anything previous to Oblivion. I have meant to go back to Daggerfall, but or uh, anything like or that. Morrowind. But, or Morrowind or anything like that, but. I haven't really gotten around to it, and I'm I'm thinking about purchasing the the, co- the complete Elder Scrolls collection, which the you can anthology. get. Yeah, everything from Arena to Skyrim, and then I'm I have been watching a lot of trailers, and I am thinking about getting the Elder Scrolls Online. But um, the Elder Scrolls Online has recently gone from a monthly subscription on top of buying the game to buying the game and then just playing for nothing. Uh, there is a subscription that you can get. Uh, I'm not sure if it would be exactly the same subscription or if it would be cheaper or more, but you will get in-game perks such as crowns, which you can spend in the game store, and uh, XP boosts. Um, but apart from that, um, there's no subscription. If you don't want to pay it, you don't have to. Um, you just buy the game, set it up, play for free forever. Um, the games are coming out on the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 in June, I believe. Possibly. Um, I think it's June. and They're already out on the PC at the moment. Yeah. Which is... Talking about this is very strange, because I signed up for the beta program that they were showing. And I got in. I got into the beta program. Yeah. I haven't got the greatest PC, but I launched it, and it felt very, very similar to... To Skyrim, I mean, the UI, the user interface for it felt very Skyrim-esque, because yeah. it's a modified version of the Skyrim engine. Uh, I invited Jack Crown to play it with me. Um, yeah, I must admit, um, when it first came out in the beta, it was cool. The beta, sorry. Beta, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> Pronounce it properly, Jack. The, the beta. For goodness the sake. Beta-max. But apparently, um, obviously, I didn't really get all that much time with it, and neither did Bradley. We no. couldn't really run it for too long, and it kind of crashed here and there because we didn't have a very good laptop. And the internet wasn't great. Yeah, but anyway, apparently the game, it was buggy and pretty crap, and Angry Joe, who's a popular YouTuber, didn't really give it very good reviews. Um, but in 2015, apparently, because it's gone pay once and play forever, and the console releases are coming out, it sort of had a resurgence of popularity as it were and it's really caught my eye and uh, I think because it's becoming free to play apart from obviously purchasing it initially I think they're going to get a a massive boost of fans and I think anyone listening to this should really look at a couple of the trailers see if look up a couple of reviews and see if the game's any good join me on the game when I actually purchase it in June on the Xbox One especially those that have played Skyrim when I played the, the beta I, it felt very Skyrim-esque, but modified, and I could see that it was modified. That is one of the few Bethesda games that I've played. I've played Fallout 3 as well, after because of Skyrim. I don't know, yeah. it's in a different engine, and I've purchased Oblivion. I've played a small amount of it. didn't wasn't to my taste. Yeah. Oliver, you were going to say something? I was just going to say that um, in recent times, I think a lot of video games have just been receiving a lot of slack. With, you know, everyone having access to the internet, they can really just say whatever they want, in opinion-wise. So I was just thinking about the video game Battlefield Hardline, which is getting a lot of slack. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of reviews have said it's trying as hard as it can it's not be. Good. Yeah. Well, a lot of have said it's trying as hard as it can be to not be Battlefield and be its own thing. From what I've heard of it, it's very good. 
it's good. It's not Battlefield, and yeah. it needs to remove the Battlefield logo because because Dice aren't working on Battlefield; they're working on Star Wars, Star Wars Battlefront, which is one of our favourite things. Yeah. Talking of Star Wars, Harrison Ford was actually um, discharged from the hospital recently. Yay. Apparently, I don't yeah. really know too much about it, but apparently during the filming of Star Wars Episode Seven, he actually got a one of his legs trapped under a door. Mm. He also that was the one occasion, but and that was the one occasion we mentioned he, in the last podcast. He got out of hospital after that, and then went flying in his plane because he actually has a pilot's uh, pilot's license. And he crashed. But we just wanted to update everyone from the last podcast that yeah that happened yeah. but also he's out of hospital now we may have mentioned in the first wonderful. podcast we did i think he it may have been the first one yeah that he actually crashed his plane through a tree onto a golf course and he went to hospital apparently he walked away from the event um with a few injuries and went to hospital just to make sure and he has been discharged from the hospital and uh, apparently he's doing quite well and uh his son was actually tweeting out that he's a really tough guy like indiana jones tough in real life and he's actually uh well yeah he's indiana um, jones and yeah, han solo. He, obviously he's indiana jones and, and um <laughs> han, solo. han solo in slightly in real life too obviously uh i mean any, any of the characters he played may not be what he's really like but apparently he's quite a strong individual i mean i said last podcast and i'll say it again Life really just wants to kill him, and he's not taking that for an answer. I mean, look at the fourth Indiana Jones film. He survived a nuclear blast. If he can survive that, he can survive a plane crash. In Fallout New Vegas, they actually made a an Easter egg towards that, where they actually had a fridge with a skeleton in it, with a suave, suave gambler hat, I think it was. Do you see the hat? Do you see the hat? And you can actually collect the hat and wear it yourself. Mm. It's a stupid. It's a reference to it's a, a terrible movie. It's an Indiana Jones movie. That doesn't like, belong. I the movie. Jeremy Clarkson has been fired from the BBC. He's been fired from Top Gear and fired from the BBC. Even yeah. though his contract with the BBC for this season, for this series, well, is still until, going until on. the end of April when yes. it get, when it would be renewed. Yes, it's not being renewed. But apparently, according to Bradley. It's been rebranded. They're rebranding as... Top Gear as the Hammond May Clarkson Live, uh, something like that. So his I... name is in the title. Yes. So I don't think this is actually mean? happening, but I know that they are uh, apparently still doing their last live show before the contracts are up. Yeah. But apart from that, I'm fairly sure they're just completely quitting Top Gear altogether. Yes. See what I thought it was. It it was going to be some sort of hologram show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like something you get out of a, a like concert Tupac. where they did one for Tupac. Chagall, well, the well, late Top Gear has done like a number of live shows before, such as yes. the one where Jeremy Clarkson <laughs> actually, actually drove around the stage because it had a V8 engine in it. Um, but I think that they might just be doing a few more live shows and then that's 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 it for Top Gear. Both Richard Hammond and James May have said that they won't do it without well, him. Well, they have refused to film without him before. Um and James May, in an interview outside of his house, kind of said that he wouldn't really want to do it without Clarkson. They've been um, doing it for so long, and they've done it for years, and they're the biggest income for BBC. Yeah. This is overblown. Yes, he should be punished in the form of, say, they were doing a, they were doing one of their famous challenges, and one of them had a Maserati, and another, another had a, another had a Lamborghini. Then. Uh, Clarkson had like a Fiat Punto. 
throughout an entire series, he'd be punished for what he did, which would make it both comical Silly and Clarkson. and he'd learn yeah, from his mistake. Just, he was on the final warning about some racial stuff that he did before. And the BBC's that their hands were I think he's tied. done a ton of controversial stuff. With this most recent fracas, as it was called, with the producer when um, he apparently hit him and was insulting him for the rest of the night and the producer had to go to A&E because of his lip or something. I think Top Gear is basically done. Jeremy Clarkson, after his contract is up, he's not going to be back in Top Gear anymore. And he's not going to be really on the BBC anymore. He may move on to other things, but I don't think he's going to be in the BBC anymore. Let's check out his Twitter in a minute. I recently saw a tweet by him saying something along the lines of... When he says recently, he means we're looking at it right now. He said, if only I had touched up a small child instead of yeah. punched a producer... The BBC would have covered it up. The, BT, the BBC would have covered you it up, get which more is very... controversial than that. Oh no, that's, that's, that's very, terrible. very controversial. No. I think that's he really delves into a lot of sensitive topics and just tries to piss a lot of people off. Yeah, and he's done that numerous times before. Well, there's only there's only so much we can really uh, beat out of the subject. Um, moving on to something completely different. Completely different. Um, we recently, well, I say recently, before this podcast series ever started, Jack Symes recently got a book. Yeah, I got a gift from a certain lady. Who I uh, love very much. Um, I actually received the Tolkien Dictionary as a present, and I actually lent it to a friend, being Bradley, who's next to me. Um, yes. He started reading through it, and saw something called a Mon Amarth, oh. which actually stands for Mount Doom. Yep. And it turns out a Mon Amarth are a death metal band who I used to be into in the dark days. I have a poster on my wall called from a band called a Mon Amarth, and they have a a volcano in the background. Which could be Mount Doom. I don't know if they're infringing on any copyrights there, but which we're looking at right now, we think that's the most badass poster we've ever seen yeah, for a really band is. or an artist. Yeah, now that we know about this, because I've said it, it makes the poster seem that much more. Yeah, it's a poster I was given by a friend a long time ago about a an album they brought out called Sersha Rising, and it was by a band called Monomath, and they have a they have a volcano in the background. And this dictionary says that a monomath means Mount Doom, and I thought that was really cool. And it was brought up by Bradley um, while he was while he was reading it at work. Mystery solved. Yes. Yeah, yes. and it's it's just really cool. And if you guys have never heard of the band a monomath, check them out. They're a death metal band, so they might not be to your taste, but um, yeah, a monomath means Mount Doom. So that's cool. And a lot of fans have probably been speculating that on their like Facebook and Twitter pages, it's like, does your thing mean Mount Doom? And Possibly. then they probably didn't respond because they wanted that to remain a mystery. But now we found out. Exclusive BodgePod information right yeah. here, people. Talking about Doomed, is the Command & Conquer series doomed? After their free-to-play thing, Generals 2, I think it was, mm. that they were going to bring out for free-to-play? Originally, Command & Conquer Generals 2 was supposed to be the newest game, following the very disappointing Command & Conquer for Tiberium Twilight, which was voted for by the fans. It removed all of the normal game mechanics. It removed the base building, the unit building. It removed all of it. But with Generals 2, we got excited because Command & Conquer Generals came out around the time just after, two years after the 9-11 attacks, and it was very much based upon 
counter-terrorism. It was very, very, very hard to follow that, but they showed Generals 2 and it was very more, is very futuristic and it then moved to a free-to-play basis. After a lot of feedback, I didn't like that it was free-to-play. A lot of other people said that they didn't want it to be free-to-play. Yes, I own the original, I own the second, I own the complete collection. I wouldn't say it was an argument, but we did have a conversation about the original RTS game. Yes, I... But it was... We were just talking about our favourite RTSs, yes. and his was like... Mine's Command and Conquer. On Command and Conquer. Command and Conquer is... Uh, Westwood Studios, which made Command and Conquer, made Dune, which is based on a book. After the film Dune was made... Westwood Studios was hired to make a video game version of it, and it was an RTS. It began the genre RTS. Yeah, it began. It began the very the genre RTS and made their very own. The very, very Do you reckon own. people would argue with that though? If what if there were listeners who already in touch with the RTS genre and probably think, um, actually, Brad, I think you'll find that so and so is the first ever RTS game. A lot of people will argue that StarCraft Two or Warcraft. Uh, More do you mean StarCraft One? Or or, or uh, the first Civilization StarCraft, game. StarCraft, yeah, sorry. The first Civilization game. That's Sid not RTS. Meyer. RTS, real-time strategy. Take chess for example, and imagine playing at the same time. Not turn-based. You're just moving all of your pieces at the same time. But the whole point of it is that you're trying to improve whatever it is, like your civilization. Not all the time. Instead of getting into our debates about real-time strategy games, why don't we talk about a couple of our favourite? My favourite civilization always will be. Um, I really briefly referenced it in a previous episode because... Civilization more real-time strategy games? Civilization is not a real-time strategy game. Real-time... It's a. Wait, it's a strategy game, not necessarily. It's a str- okay. It has elements. Favorite strategy game of all time. There you go. It has elements of it. And the fact that you improve is uh, an RTS element mm, or an aspect of the game. There are elements of RTS games in Civilization. I guess. Other than that. I yeah. guess. And the first one, as far as I remember, as far as I recall, is one of the like first RTS games. Dune is by Westwood Studios, who then created their own IP, Command and Conquer. And then Command and Conquer was cloned to, to make things like StarCraft, which in some people's lights perfected it. And then there's the Warcraft series, which has turned into World of Warcraft. I think it's safe to say Bradley's favourite is Command and Conquer. And yes. always will be. And he'll yeah, always will. defend it. I always defend it. The first RTS Almost game always. I ever played, personally, was um, Red Alert 1. The first one, yeah. The first one. But my favourite RTS games of all time have got to be the Dawn of War series and I mean the first one and its expansions the second one a bit disappointing but yes. Dawn of War 1 through Soulstorm were great RTS games followed um, closely by the quite recently introduced by to me by Bradley um, being the Company of Heroes which is sort of a gap between Dawn of War 1 and 2 it's got the movement and cover base strategies of 2 Combined with the base building of one, which I think is kind of a it's it's the best middle ground that I've seen. Yeah. It's what I wished Dawn of War two would have been. I was yeah. I was looking forward to Dawn of War two as we you were looking forward to it more than I oh, was. I yeah, yeah, and it was it had the best of both worlds. It had a very simple cover based system, but it had more improved versions or 
more simplified versions of the base building. Okay. It's very clear that they were moving on towards Dawn of War 2 series, which isn't the greatest. Before we, before Bradley goes on for an hour of ranting, Sorry about um, that. let's get back to Stop our original point, which and is Command and Conquer um, kind of disappearing. Yes. I think the whole RTS genre just disappeared. I think that was a trend in uh, itself, and it, then it just sort of withered out. It is slowly disappearing. Game. Yeah, apparently, um, I don't know if you've already mentioned this because I did actually have, out of the room for a little bit. I have um, mentioned that the free it went to play. Free to play, yeah. Um, and it's been cancelled and it's not really going anywhere. Um, talking about careers not going anywhere. Justin Bieber. <laughs> that's a brilliant. It's a brilliant transition. The most amazing segue ever. That is absolutely yeah, transition. Yeah. Um, he. Recently had a, a roast. I, I don't know what happened there because I didn't watch it. But Ollie, you've watched it. I'm the only one that watched it. <laughs> I don't think it really matters what your opinion is on the guy. I think it goes without saying he's actually quite a talented person. He can actually sing. Yeah. He can play a lot of instruments. Can he? Like what? I don't know. I think from what I know, he can play guitar and play drums. And... Yeah, what he made is a, is um. He got famous on YouTube, he was playing guitar, yeah, some famous is. YouTube stuff. Yeah, he wanted to roast himself, personally, because he just wanted to get all those mistakes that he made over the years out of the way and just start a new chapter in his life. Yeah, yeah didn't Which he... Which is fair enough, because he's got a lot of balls for it. Yeah, didn't he say that he kind of lost contact with himself and forgot his roots? And... Yeah, I think he, he just wasn't humble. Because he was kind of yeah, in the wrong and he, crowd. and he recently realised this, and he's kind of tried to be a man about it, and he wasn't yeah, yeah. childish, because there's been loads of controversy surrounding him, and he's been a bit of a twat over the last few years, and he finally wants to actually become a good guy instead of a hated celebrity. Well, that's only because that's all been collected from being exposed to the media so much. Like yeah. The media just want everything to do with him 24-7 and just get all the things that would be considered really bad or something that you wouldn't condone yeah. and just put on the front page news and you yeah. shouldn't be influenced by this kind of person going to the complete opposite scale of bad being brilliant um, brilliant actor David Tennant actually I don't know when it was but a while ago actually visited Longleat yeah, so... Safari Zoo, basically. Lonely is a safari in an adventure park I used to work with. And David Tennant actually visited Lonely one time, and according to my friend Tom, he should try and like mind his own business and not you know get too much attention because he was he was with his family, and you know he sort of like covered himself in um, a long scarf. Tom at the time was just checking people's tickets. It's just like, hey, what's up? Yeah, check my ticket. Here you go. Goes in. Uh, from then on, Tom was freaking out for the next two hours, and then he came in one lunch break, just talking about it. And I was just, I was just jealous, obviously, as yeah. feelings go when you meet a celebrity. It's yeah, that's like... great, and it's pretty cool to hear that David Tennant was was there, and he was kind of. It's very local as well. Yeah, he was trying to not really be noticed because he just wants some private time. What's your opinion on like meeting celebrities? Because to be honest, they are people, and let's well, not forget I, that they I are saw people. Wayne Rooney, the footballer, once, and right. that's, that's my only celebrity encounter I've ever had. My, I don't know if you guys have. My closest, well, I've had several celebrity encounters with, some would call national hero, I wouldn't. I 
that would be Jensen Button. Oh, okay. I have a photo of with in my wallet from a long time ago, and relatively recently, last winter time, year before last winter time, he was in town doing a show, and I got to go backstage with my family. That's as close as I've gotten to a, a celebrity encounter, apart from if you've seen Doctor Who and you've seen Jensen Button in Doctor Who. No, he. <laughs> you've seen Lovely Doctor connection. Who and you've seen the alternate universe episode. Oh, now you're bringing Marvel into this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Marvel comics of two separate. Universes. You are all over the place, Mister McFarlane. Yeah, That's what it sounds like. Place. Where there's an alternate universe and alternate Mickey called Ricky, and they've got a group. And one of them, I met the blonde one who's got the spiked up hair. That is the only other one. That's a lovely brief description of a so Speaking of alternate, alternate yeah, universe, I, I think regarding the rambling, we all have been drinking cider this entire time. Yes. So we might be mispronouncing things or rambling a bit. Another but side note would that actually be that Brad and Jack are. Using a lot of emphasis into their hand gestures and There's trying to keep this emphasis. as professional yeah. as possible. We're closing up now. We could just redo it in the morning. Yeah. Well, this podcast. Let's just redo it in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, 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 I'm just doing this, let me save it. Click, click on Audacity. Just click on the actual program. No, no. I control this. Click on the program. Yeah, I will, don't worry. Save it. Save it as blah.